baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Laura, I was making fun of Leap Day a little bit. Yeah? Just more the frenzy about it, you know? Like, uh, everything that's special has to be marketed. So it's all these discounts, 20, 29% off. Today, Patrick, one of our sales managers, said that he would offer 29% off a new ad campaign on Drive Time with DeRussia. Cool. Did anybody sign up? I don't know. If I mean, you guys still have... (laughs) <laughs> seven hours left to claim this offer. That would be pretty great. Right? We love a new advertiser. Yeah. Now, I will not be discounting my rate, seven, 29%. No skin off your nose. No, right? but if the station wants to give somebody a 30% discount, why not? Yep. Well, they wouldn't, 29%. One texture says, I love Leap Day. It's rare, Yeah. therefore precious. Yes. Mystical and astronomical. Mm. Ooh, I like that. Don't squander Leap Day. No, do not. It is special. Is it? I think so, yeah. We just made it up, right, just to balance the calendar. I guess so. But the fact that it doesn't happen all that often, and it's just kind of weird, and especially for people with birthdays on this day. Would you be miffed if you were born on Leap Day? No, I I think I would kind of like that. It just because it makes silly. you special. It is silly. It it's a good story. Special. It's a good story. You get yeah. to do the math, and yeah, it would just be fun. I know somebody with a birthday today. Oh, really? Yes, Who? Scott O'Malley, a dad friend um, from one of nice. Charlie's friends from middle school. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, happy birthday. Yeah. I do. I do think like if you have a leap day birthday, you really have to do it up when leap day oh, comes yes. around, right? Right. Four years worth of partying in one day. Tooth fairy is affected by inflation. Did you see this today? Isn't the- don't we have a tooth fairy inflation story every year? Well, usually it's in the upward, you know, the 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 payout is going up, 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 yeah. up, up for the first time. Oh, okay. I hear what you're saying. Yes. Inflation is so bad that even the tooth fairy is tightening her belt. Does she wear a belt? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I don't not know. Probably not. With a little no. tutu. <laughs> uh, for the first time in five years. The Tooth Fairy Index, which is one of the smartest PR things that Delta Mm. Dental has ever done. Okay. They have tracked Tooth Fairy trends for 26 years. That's important. (laughs) You know what the Tooth Fairy Index always does to me? It just makes me mad that parents are spending, that the Tooth Fairy is spending this much money. (laughs) It's crazy. So the average payout is $5.84. Now, per tooth. per tooth. So you have to take that and say, like, you know, no one's paying $5.84. No. But what this means is, like, normal parents are paying $1 mm-hmm. and lunatics are paying 20 or 10 <laughs> yes. right? Because that's how it works. No one is really paying five. That's where this average payout is a farce. Yes. Because tooth fairy, you're either a normal parent or you're a nut job. Yeah. Right? Are right. people paying in between? Are people like, well, this I got 84 cents in my pocket? I don't think so. <laughs> Let me check the Tooth Fairy Index and see what the going <laughs> rate is this Well, year. I did check, like, when our kids were little. So, you what? You did? 
Yeah. You checked a tooth fairy index? <laughs> Did you really? Yes. Like you looked to see. Because I wanted to know what the going oh rate God. was. What is wrong with that? Oh, my God. But the going rate back in 2005 was under $2. And you're like, yes. That, to me, like that seems normal. <sighs> Like we, uh, I think we did a dollar. The first tooth was like a, well, I had saved. I think I've talked about this before. I saved from my childhood, like the silver dollar, not the tooth. (laughs) I think my wife's mother kept her teeth, her baby teeth. I I hope I'm remembering this right. And actually, I don't really care. Like, does it matter if it's true or not? I have this image that my mother-in-law gave Alyssa her teeth. How do they hold up after all those God, years? Seriously, I mean, do they turn green? Do they crumble? Do they? <laughs> this is one of those stories where, like, I've told this story so often that you I've never really. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's true. We did not save our children's teeth. No, nor did but, we. But I did save from my childhood. That, like I used to get $2 bills or uh, like a Susan B. Anthony silver dollar. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'm like, man. You are rolling in it. My Well, yeah. And I thought my kids would think it was so cool. Like I saved this from my childhood. Yeah. In I still have the little red metal Lockbox, uh, you know, absolutely insecure safe that I had as a child. Of Tooth Fairy money. Of Tooth Fairy money. Okay. I have my original Class C FCC radio engineer license. I think I have that too, yes. <laughs> that I keep yep. in there. I think I have like the receipt for my engagement <laughs> the ring. I don't box. know, like what. <laughs> yeah. And I have the $2. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have in your weird special box to save? 651 461 9226. But my kids did not give a crap. Like they were yeah. not impressed with the $2 bill. No. The silver dollar. Mm-mm. What are you going to do with that these days? Right. But back in 2005, the, the average payout was two bucks. Now I know inflation happens. But does inflation have to happen for the tooth fairy? Only for crazy parents who are, like, giving 10 or 20 bucks. It's crazy. Speaking of inflation, I'm I'm a little miffed about the reporting of this story of what the CEO of Kellogg said mm. about cereal. Now, look, I'm a General Mills guy. I'm a company town guy, mm-hmm. right? Kellogg, your Frosted Flakes. I'm not interested. Give me General Mills or give me Post. Okay. Although I do like Crispix. This is really good. But I I will, you know, I'm here to support the hometown. The CEO of Kellogg in an interview with CNBC said cereal for dinner is something that is probably more on trend now. And we would expect that to continue as the consumer is under pressure. If you think about the cost of cereal for a family versus what they might otherwise do, that's going to be much more affordable. The way this has been reported is as follows. Kellogg's CEO, let them eat cereal. Oh. So it's sort of being reported like he's telling people like, hey, if you're struggling, suck it up. Have a bowl of cereal. Yep. Like he's up in his ivory tower. Correct. 
yeah. That's not good. That's that's it, that's and um, people want to believe that. They want to believe like the CEO fat cat is the worst. Yeah. But like the dude runs a cereal company. Is it really a crime to say like, hey, if you're trying to save some money, why not introduce cereal for dinner one day a week? I hear what you're saying, but I don't like that headline. Yeah. The, the headline just makes it sound. Um, it makes it sound like he's a monster. Like he's the king. Like he, and he's yeah, the king. Yes. I'm having my steak. Now but you, you plebes can have your that's cereal. right. That's but what that's I don't not like. what he was saying. Then it was reported inaccurately, yes. or the headline writer got that, it wrong. That's right. Yeah, because they know it's like, oh, the people are going to love this. Oh, yeah. They're going to share this. They're going to freak out. Blah blah blah. Right. It's, you know, it is annoying. Like I, te- I feel like I defend the media a lot because I, you know, spent twenty years as a reporter. And now that I'm not a reporter, you look at some of this stuff and you're like, man, yeah, you know, I sort of, you kind of get why people get irritated. Yes. Because you're just going, in that case, it's a pure grab for the clay. Of course. And I've seen so many people sharing this story on social media. Wow. And you look around and you're like, yeah. Come Is on. that really what we're doing here? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. What can you do? Laura? Have a great night. And you too. See you tomorrow. Thank you. I will see you tomorrow. Do you rush our news headlines coming your way in just a minute? I think you guys, I'm very curious about your reaction about a Shakopee man who took dead laptops or out of service laptops from work. Well, he may be in trouble with the law for what he did with them. Breakfast, the growing business of breakfast, plus Levi's with a new look at denim. D-Rush Hour, coming up next on CCO. Time for the D-Rush Hour news headlines here on this leap day, February 29th. You know, my brother works in IT, and sometimes in his time, you know, things sort of fall off the truck. Oh, where'd that computer come from? Fell off. Well, fell off the truck. Um, Star Tribune reporting on a Shakopee man who took uh, perhaps thousands of out of service laptops from his job. I'm sure when he brought them home, he was like, ah, it just, you know, fell off a truck. Uh, they belonged to Cargill. And he sold them on eBay. This dude worked for Cargill for more than 30 years. His last gig was as a dock supervisor. And as luck would have it, Cargill stores laptops it is no longer using at the dock. A recycling company comes and picks them up and sells them for a profit. But, and Cargill gets a chunk of that money. But, you know... Cargill's a big company. They probably put a crap ton of laptops out of service. And this guy thought he'd skim a few off the top, have a couple fall off a truck. What's the big deal? Police say the man confessed to selling hundreds on eBay. An online check Thursday found laptops of all sorts of brands under his eBay account at prices as high as 200 $80, and police say on his eBay account there were more than 3,000 prior listings and sales. That's a lot of laptops falling off the truck. 
Photos and descriptions confirmed to police that those laptops were the Cargill laptop. <laughs> this guy had a pretty good scam running for a while. Breakfast is hot, and Hope Breakfast Bar is growing big time. Oh, it's sizzling hot. It's sizzling hot. How hot is it, Dan Cook? Sizzling. Minneapolis. St. Paul Business Journal reported that the chef and owner, Brian Ingram, could more than double Hope Breakfast Bar's presence around the metro this year. He's continued expansion plans on the horizon. He announced that he's trying to hire uh, for four different spots that will open in Minnesota this year. So he's looking for general managers and all of this. So he's got a site in Woodbury. That's a former Famous Dave's near 494 and Valley Creek Road. Edina opening up in Centennial Lakes Park in the strip mall right there on France Avenue. Uh, And they turn these around pretty quickly. I was shocked at the sales growth. You're like, all right. Like Hope Breakfast Bar, man. Like it's it's good stuff. It's cool. They're in Egan and St. Paul. In 2019, they had 12 employees. About $700,000 in sales. Ingram told the Business Journal that they had $20 million in sales in 2023. Almost 300 employees. So where next? Eden Prairie, Roseville, Blaine, Wyzetta. Maybe uh, Maple Grove denied a development that included Hope Breakfast Bar. Pretty interesting stuff. So... A great story there. Levi's wants you to rethink how you think about denim. New York Times. Was that? That sounded like zipping. Play that again. That's a, it sounds like a tent. Are we zipping a tent or are we zipping up a pair of 501? Do you know what denim was initially invented to, to be? <laughs> no. Mr. Levi, the guy uh-huh. who started. Mr. Strauss. It was. Levi it was, Strauss. It was tent material. Really? Yes. That was what denim's original purpose was, was to be tent material. Is this true? A hundred percent true. Are you sure? I'm as sure as I can be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you the, the oh, uh, oh, oh, it's true, isn't it? What? A, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> no, it's not true. It's not. Uh, maybe it is. Yeah, it is. Are you sure? I, I'm like I feel like you're 67% sure. Like you're combining I mean Levi's made denim, they made fabric. Yeah. The fabric was initially intended to be used as tent material. And he made it as made it for tents, horse blankets and wagon covers. There you go. Well, that wasn't the original purpose. That was just like the one of the original things people did with denim. Right. <laughs> anyway, they got a new CEO there at the Levi's. <laughs> you're you're mostly right. Yeah, zip it. Michelle Gass gets profiled in the New York Times. And so Levi's has a bit of a problem if you're trying to grow your company. And you got dummies like me that think of denim as essentially just for jeans. Like, you know... Michelle wants you to buy some other stuff because people buy a lot more shirts and tops and, you know, you buy a pair of jeans, a good pair of Levi's will last you. Well, my father is still wearing the same pair he's been wearing for 30 years. I don't know that I recommend that. Uh, People buy more tops, but buy tops more frequently than bottoms. That's what the New York Times reports. 
So they're trying to turn this 171-year-old clothier into a retailer, not just a brand of denim. Uh, Direct to sales. Oh, you know who sent me a 29% off email today? Levi's. Uh, Pretty interesting. Like last year, revenue was $6 billion. January, the denim company told Wall Street it's planning to increase sales to $9 billion eventually, which I'm also planning on increasing our revenues here at WCCO Radio to $9 billion. When, when will I have that done by? TBD. The Philadelphia Phillies are canceling Dollar Dog Night. Dollar Dog Night being canceled. At Citizens Bank Park, how could they do that? Here we have Dollar Dog Night at Target Field, very popular. A statement from the team as reported by the Associated Press, is that they made the change because based on the organization's ongoing commitment to provide a positive experience for all fans in attendance, which makes you think, like, well, what was going wrong with Dollar Dog Nights? People were fighting in line over the Dollar Dogs. Well, that's what I thought. Yeah. No. Well, part part of it was that. (laughs) It's Philly. Part of it's always going to be that. Armed with projectile frankfurters, some unruly (laughs) Phillies fans began chucking their favorite Hatfield meat during a game last year. And the dogs soared like cans of corn throughout the stands and on the field. Maybe you need a better hot dog. Don't cancel Dollar Dog Night. An April 11th game last season turned into a Philly food fight when fans largely (laughs) good-naturedly tossed their ballpark franks. Uh, the senior vice president says, well, it wasn't just the throwing that made us cancel it. It's the concourse, the crowds of everybody being at the, but obviously, yeah, actually the throwing was a bit of a tipping point. <laughs> Don't throw your dollar wieners. Just a life lesson right there. Do not throw your dollar dogs. That's what, this is why we can't have nice things, Philly fans. How crazy. They're replacing it with like a BOGO thing or something. That's the D-Rush Hour News headlines at 531. When we take a break, man, this is a topic that I have been thinking about because especially in a social media era, when you see new parents, as soon as they have a baby, they post on social media, I could not be more in love. I've never known love like this. This is posted within like 36 hours of the birth of that baby. Bradley Cooper says it took him eight months before he felt love towards his child. And I think Bradley Cooper is right. We'll talk about it next here on CCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You know what? It's all, it's all good. It's all going fine. JP is on the phone. I don't know what's happening. Sometimes you get to the end of the show and you're like, well, you know what? We had two and a half good hours. <laughs> I want to finish strong. 
I want to finish strong. I want to talk about how I think most new parents are full of crap. Yeah. That moment when you have your baby, the first baby, there's this expectation that you will immediately be head over heels. You will find a love and a selfless devotion that you've never known before. I didn't. I didn't immediately. I felt incredible love and admiration for my wife, for what she had done. But at that point, it's a little, little baby. Hollywood actor Bradley Cooper talked about this in a podcast yesterday, and he's getting crap for what he said, but I think he's I think he's onto something. I'd love to know from your perspective, when you had your first child, did it take a while to feel that connection, feel that paternal love? 651-461-9226. Here's Bradley Cooper. I remember the first time I realized, because everyone's like, I would die in a second for my kid. I'm always like, if I'm being honest, uh, I don't know. Like the first yeah. like eight months, I'm like, I don't even know if I really love the kid. We don't know it's her yet. It's dope. It's cool. <laughs> I'm watching this thing morph. And then all of a sudden. I love that honesty, by the way. That's my experience. That's a lot of people's, I think, and they're afraid to say that. I mean, my experience was totally that. And then all of a sudden, it's like, no question. That knowledge alone. I had a photographer that I worked with in Milwaukee. And this was before Alyssa and I were even thinking about having kids. And he talked about how difficult it was to be a father in the first couple years, really. That a mother has this physical connection through breastfeeding, right? And through the fact that you made the baby. You did the stuff. As the guy, you're like, I mean, you have a role, but... Like, let's be serious. And that he felt like no connection. Not like in a negative way. I didn't love my child. Like, that's not it. But I've always always remembered him saying that. And it was very helpful for me when Alyssa and I had had Seth. Because I was sort of prepared for the fact that it was going to take time. That I wasn't going to feel that immediate connection, because the love from the baby is generally going in one direction. It's going towards the mom. And the mom and the baby have an actual physical connection at that time. And the baby is so little, you're not getting smiles, you're not getting reaction, you're not getting anything. And so if you build yourself up to this idea that, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm going to feel this outpouring of love that I... And maybe you do, but I am skeptical when people say that, that I think people are sometimes there's this societal expectation that your life has to change in an instant, and it does in many ways. But it is not natural or normal to expect that in one instant you go from not knowing, not seeing, not holding, not touching your baby, and then immediately you're like, oh, I've never felt love like this before. And you're like, come That'll be appearing on a liner. <laughs> if three, that's yeah. two, I mean, if that's you, congrats. But it just takes time. It takes time. And it's okay. I think people, what I love about Bradley Cooper saying this, and, and he's getting grief, of course, like, you're a monster. It took eight months to fall in love with your own child. Well, like, no, it's just the reality. Yeah. Making a connection, even with your own flesh and blood. It takes time. 
Maybe you have that instant moment. Maybe. But I, I think most people don't, and it takes yeah. time. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what the numbers are. I I do believe that some people do have that. Some do. experience. I've just I've seen young parents uh, in those early days, and there's just a look on their face that to me communicates that they're feeling that. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll take them at their word that they, that they are. But I also believe that there's a whole lot of people who don't. Uh, now I don't have any kids of my own, but when my oldest nephew was born, I have a distinct memory of walking into the room the next day to meet the baby. And uh, his mother's friend was there with her. And she turned as I walked in the room. And this is literally the first time I've seen the kid. And she's like, oh, my gosh, Dan, don't you just love him? And I think my reaction was much to the, the same as the yeah. person that, you know, thought that you were an inspiration. Like, sure. Yeah. All right. I, I guess. I'm happy that, for that's you. That's what I'm supposed to feel, right? But it's like, yeah, I mean, it's a small baby and they don't do a whole lot. They, you know, sleep and eat and poop. And that's yes. pretty much it for like a while, right? But I also do vividly remember the, the first time, I don't know if it's the first time I babysat him, but the, the time that when I was babysit him, babysitting this kid and he looked at me and I looked at him and there was just the thing there and I went, oh, okay, this is what it is. This is where I would rob a liquor store for this kid if that's what it took. Yes. I don't, you know. Yeah. And I think so that you get to that moment. You do. But it, sometimes it just takes time, especially for guys, especially, uh, you know, when it's your first kid and you haven't had that experience before and you don't really understand how much, like right. you said, you're, in many ways your life instantly changes. Yes. But, but do you, are you able to process all that change in that instant or does that take a few months right. to kind of realize, oh, I, okay, now I see what everybody was saying. I, what I appreciated being prepared for was this idea that like I was going to be pouring a lot of love into the child and I was going to get nothing, nothing in return. And it was useful to know that. Because it doesn't stop you pouring love into the child, but it sets the expectation a little bit. Because, like, it's hard stuff. It's hard work. Your your life changes, for sure. But I think it's natural for it to take a moment. The text at 651-461-9226. Took me about four months before I really felt love for my daughter, says one texter. The first few months, she was just boring. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. And I was very grateful that someone shared that experience with me uh, because it sort of helped me a little bit get ready for it. Another texter, mom here, just over the top with both daughters. Think about birthing a baby. I think that's fair, right? Like the fact that I do think for a woman, it's it's potentially different. I don't think it has to be different. You may also take time to develop that sort of over-the-moon love. But you also have, you know, nine-plus months of that baby growing in you, so it's different. Put that on a billboard. Jason hates his kids. <laughs> Very good. Yep. The day my son was born, I knew that if the doctor asked for the heart in my chest because he needed it to live, I wouldn't hesitate to give it to him. Yeah, I, you know, that's beautiful, first of all. Like, that's, and I, I think there's something different between, like, feeling that 
that idea. Well, everybody feels it differently, That's right? Just it, like, yeah. so maybe you do feel that immediate. I just think there's this pressure on parents that you have to tell the world how much you love that new child. And I'm just saying it's okay if it takes a couple months. You, I mean, if you never develop that love, then you got yeah, a problem. A problem yeah. Then you have a problem. Yeah. But, like, I think Bradley Cooper's right. I think eight months, like, I, I don't know if it took eight months for me. I don't remember the exact moment. Right. But it and took. I'm guessing, and by the way, I'm guessing Bradley maybe doesn't either. Probably not. I mean, eight months could have just been, you know. He's an actor. Something he pulls out of his head. Come up with some good. His, his daughter, I think, is now six. But I react like he does when I see the Instagram posts one day after you've had a child. I've never known a love like I'm now feeling. And I'm just thinking back like, you know what I felt a day after? So dang tired Tired, for being up. Scared. Scared. Nervous. Unqualified. Shocked they were letting me take that baby home. All of those things are what I felt. I did not feel a love unlike any I've felt before. 548. Keep the text coming. 651-461-9226. It's drive time. I just like when this song ends up playing near the end of the show. It definitely makes me want to order a pizza. (laughs) So what could you do? Uh, We're talking about when you feel that connection with your baby. There's a societal expectation that it happens instantly. Wasn't my experience. Bradley Cooper talked about it this week. And said it took him eight months. It's being characterized as a cringy dad comment. I would say it's a real dad comment. And I don't know if it's dad specific, but there are plenty of moms that it takes a little while as well. This texter is saying, Jason, try six months of colic. Sometimes love is an act of the will. I like that. <laughs> I think that's right. Paul and Coon Rapid says the first job was great. So were the next two children. Then they grow into their teen years, and they're not so lovable Mm. for about four to five years. (laughs) That is true. That is true. Another texter pointing out they don't sleep enough for approximately four weeks. And this texter saying kind of hard to love them when they all come out of the womb looking like Edward G. Robinson, (laughs) the ugly. Or another texter saying ugly Seinfeld, baby. I think that's part of it, too. It's because you get nothing back, Dan. You yeah, give true. you give the love. Yes. You're expecting a life-changing experience. Mm-hmm. And then this thing is just sort of sleeping and going to mom, crying. That's about it. And then it gets fun. Then it gets fun. When there's when there starts to be that acknowledgement, when there start when you sense the recognition from the kid. Yeah. That the kid recognizes who you are and gravitates towards you specifically and there's that sort of stuff going on. Yeah. Then it's, I mean, if at that point you're still struggling to feel love for the kid, that's yeah, yeah. Then you wanna, then you wanna check yourself, perhaps. Yeah, uh, I will not be ordering a pizza tonight. Going no. to Hopkins to check out a restaurant that's going to open next week. Cool. So that should be fun. Last night we we're kind of out and about in the North Loop. We were like the you do. we were the last people to leave Porzana last night. Closed her down. We closed her down at like ten. It was sort of late on a Wednesday, 10 o'clock. I'm trying to go out on Wednesdays more. Like, everybody's out on Friday, Saturday. I don't need you that. You trying to start a new trend, or are you just trying to avoid the people? Yeah, like, I'm trying to help the restaurants, like, have a little business on, like, a Tuesday or a Wednesday, you know? 
Come on, just admit it. You're trying to avoid the people a little bit. You know from traveling with me in Florida that I love the people. Sure. I love people, too. Do you? I really do. Do you? Totally. The higher your voice gets, the less I believe it. <laughs> no, I do. I love people, just in very carefully measured yeah. and very carefully planned doses. That's all. Um, tomorrow, Card Sharks is back. Yes, it is. Had a little week off. Uh, lots of good stuff on the podcast. I think our first hour was strong. Talked about city councils weighing in on Gaza. And I spent a solid 12 minutes ripping on Vanita. You really did. I don't think I was ripping on Vanita too hard. I mean. I think she was being a little touchy with my consistent okay. mockery. Okay. You think, did I go too hard? You know, I thought. Am I in trouble? I don't think you're. Oh, is Vanita going to hate me now for giving her a hard time? I just think you you may have hit the same joke one or two many times. I mean, that's the story of this show. Me hitting the same. You work with Chad Harbin for how many years? Which is why I know what that looks like. You're going to tell me I hit the same joke too many times? Henry is coming up. uh, So stick around right here, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on CCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.